Hi, we are Joel and Lauren Lowry, and this is our podcast, Wholehearted with the Lowrys. Our passion is to see people step into their destiny through discovering how good God really is and what it looks like to live in His love and purpose. We invite you to join us as we talk about life and leadership and how to live a wholehearted life. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Wholehearted with the Lowrys. We want to talk to you about your kingdom calling and the reality that you are called. You see, most believers think that their journey to following Jesus is really all about uh, suffering and sacrifice, and that's absolutely part of the refining of the journey. But we don't realize that we're not simply called just to church or called just to do good things or called to be good people or called to be nice, but there's a specific way that you and I are wired from God individually, uniquely. And I, and I think it's one of the most valuable things that anybody following Jesus can discover is, what was I created for? What's my purpose? What's my kingdom calling? How do I live that out? What does it look like for me um, to discover that and express really one of the unique ways or the unique ways that God uh, created me and that I reflect who he is to the world around me. Yeah, so our kingdom calling, um, it's a unique word I feel like to Sozo uh, that we discovered a few years ago, a little backstory behind kingdom calling. Back in 2020, before uh, the COVID pandemic, the Lord told Joel the word relaunch um, and the church was going well and it didn't quite make sense, but once uh, COVID hit and all the things started unraveling, uh, it was really made clear to us that God was saying, relaunch Sozo. And at the time at Sozo, we had a strong culture within the leadership, and we all were, I feel like, running in the same direction, really understood what God had called us to and where we wanted to go as a church body, but there the it wasn't quite translating to the people. We felt like we had an amazing group of people that were committed, that were on board. Uh, we were how many years in? Like five. Five years into Sozo, and or like four. A, yeah, about four years, and we were like, okay, these people are on board with us. They're they're gonna follow us wherever, and we just wanted to make sure that we were all on the same page and aware of the same mission and vision that we were committed to and all going in the same direction. And so God, um, we essentially were like, okay, we're going to rebrand Sozo, which sounds so business-like, but as... Yeah, it's not surface level like it sounds. Not surface level like... At the time, I thought... Like oh, new aesthetics. I thought I needed a new logo. We needed a new logo. We needed some cohesive colors but then um, as I led the charge on diving into branding Sozo, it was so clarifying to understand, okay, like we're really going to define the people that we want to be, who we want to be, how we want to show up in the world, how we want to impact the, the lives around us and who, what we want to be known for. And so it really was like a branding, like whenever you do brand something with a, you know, an iron, like, you know, that this thing belongs to to this owner and and they're marked by it and so so we created this thing called the kingdom our kingdom calling and it, it actually came out of a conversation i was having with one of my friends who had been a, 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 an intern with me and on staff with me when i was doing college ministry adam watson and he was telling me about what they were doing with their folks to help them understand kind of 
what their purpose and mission in life is. And then it just kind of, man, I, I just ran with the brilliance he was sharing with me and, and it kind of unfolded into what it is now. Yeah. Cause we knew that if we, one of our core values was to have a whole church body of people who lived authentically themselves. We didn't want a whole bunch of Joel's and a whole bunch of Lauren's and a whole bunch of people that just were trying to mimic and be like leadership, but they really authentically dis- could display to the world who they were. And so we knew that, okay, we had to get our people to a place where they understood their own wiring, their own passions, their own calling, um, the things that have been spoken over their lives and figure out how to activate them in those things so that they could bring their strengths to the table and then offer them to the world. Um, and so we created our kingdom calling and, and it was really cool to work with our leadership to say, okay, we're going to come up with a statement that whenever we say this statement, we know this is who I am. This is what I'm called to. And then as we lead our small groups, which were our relaunch groups, um, that we would be able to help each of our groups identify, this is my kingdom calling statement. This is who I am. This is what I'm called to do. This is a lane I know I'm supposed to run in. And it was really a beautiful thing to watch yeah. 120 people discover. discover. Yeah. And for some people, it was like really clear and it was like kind of step by step. But but a lot of it was even just us being together and hearing God with each other. Mm-hmm. And it just began to unfold. And I think the real thing, like real calling is, is not the result of a test. It's actually discovering what God has hidden in, in us and even redeemed for like redeemed back to himself for purpose. And, I, and I, one of the things I realized is uh, good leaders have, have a vision like, hey, this is where we're headed. But, but really good leaders um, understand the gift of the people that they're called to lead and help them discover a vision for their life. And in fact, really good leaders ha- have a vision for the lives of the people they're leading. And it's not even about serving your own vision, but it's realizing, hey, you may have people for a window or for life, but you want to help them step into all that God has. And I think as we, as leaders steward what God's put in people, that he's then uh, able to entrust us with more. Right. And it really is amazing to run alongside people where you know what their calling is and you can call that out in them. And, um, and even we've been working through a leadership book more recently and it's amazing to go back rare leadership it's brilliant i highly recommend it rare leadership we'll probably talk on it in future episodes um after we unpack it even more in our own lives but looking at that season and now reading this book and you know talking about how how the way we hold people accountable is not by accountability groups where we point on each other's sin and we ask each other why we haven't done what we said we were going to do, but true accountability is calling out what we know is true about that person and calling out the gold in them. And so by having kingdom callings among our leadership team, among the discipleship groups that we lead, that we know whenever someone, what someone's calling is, what God says about them, and whenever they're not living in alignment with them, we can call them back to that. Yeah. And it gives such a hope-filled approach to helping people step into their destiny and um, it's something that I would rather be a part of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. the phrasing they use, I love it, is act like yourself. And so I think as we discover each other's kingdom calling and, and walk connected with each other, then we're just calling each other to act like ourselves, act like our calling. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's significant. 
because it's not about performance or perfection, but about authenticity and an invitation to live uh, the best version of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so why don't we just, I, I think we've done this before in other episodes, shared our kingdom callings, but why don't we just share with them what, what we've discovered by yeah. ourselves? Yeah, yeah. So um, I think in the in this journey, you know, there's a handful of things that contribute to your kingdom calling. It's your spiritual gifting, like your your wiring from God. Like, hey, these are the things that are that are in you. And and we look at passages like Ephesians four, Romans twelve, First Corinthians twelve, um, and we begin to unpack. Okay, these are the the gifting things, but also uh, not to to miss personality and passions and experience. All of that has God's fingerprint on it. Even your bad experiences, God promises in Romans 8.32 that he's going to work all things. So not just good things, but all things for your good. Doesn't mean he caused them, but he's going to work those things. Uh, Your education, your passions, I think for Lauren, that was a big one. And so we begin to put all those things together. And and for me, one of the things I, I quickly realized was, okay, I've got like, if you look at Ephesians 4, it talks about these fivefold uh, grace, graces that really represent who Jesus are. It's apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. Very uh, now churchy language wasn't when the Bible was written. Um, but those really unpack who God is. Like apostle is like the groundbreaking culture changer um, uh, that goes in and establishes the culture of the kingdom. Uh, prophet really... Uh, hears from God and calls people to be true to what God's saying, uh, both eternally and seasonally. Uh, evangelist is the good news teller. <laughs> a lot of good news tellers in our day tend to be bad news tellers somehow. Um, that's not a real evangelist. A real evangelist is inviting people to live in the unfolding story of God and in his life. Um, teacher really unpacks the revelation of God and then shepherd or pastor uh, really helps care for the people of God and unveil uh, the love, care, nurture kind of heart of God. And so for me, when I look at those five, and I've done probably dozens of tests on those, I come out as uh, apostle, um, like culture changer. It's kind of this entrepreneurial uh, pioneering thing. Um, and then a lot as pastor, sometimes with some of those others sprinkled in. Um, but what I have found about myself, and as I look at the prophetic words, like the things that as people are hearing from God for me, they, they say these words over my life. Um, a couple of words really pop out that I think give better definition than those five. Um, and, and really it's pioneering. It's the pioneering part of the apostolic and then fathering or father's heart. I hear that over and over again, which is a bit of pastor and a bit of apostle. And so what I really discovered about myself in that journey is that I'm a pioneering father. Like I love to blaze, blaze a trail for people to make a new way for people to discover life and then to care for them and help them step into all that God has for them. And so, uh, yeah, that was really kind of the heart of it. And then there's some application end of it that I uh, am a pioneering father who helps uh, people discover, people, organizations, and movements discover uh, their calling and purpose from God. Yeah, and it's been amazing to watch that I know in my own life, whenever you get clarity on assignment and I mean, just thinking about in school, you know, when you get clarity and instructions on an assignment, you then know how to f- fulfill the task. And and even 
the opportunities that come after. I feel like since you've clarified that, your life has become much more like a river and less like a swamp. Absolutely. In, f- in fact, I'm working on some business stuff. We may talk about that later, but I'm even refining that because I'm realizing, oh, that's like slightly out of alignment with my calling. Mm-hmm. And so one of my high values is for integrity, which at a low bar is don't lie, steal or cheat. But at a high bar is that I act like myself in everything that I do. So I, I, I want to bring my kingdom calling, not simply to ministry, church leadership, those kind of things, but it, it needs to be present in everything I do. And my kids need to, to get the best of that. Lauren needs to get the, the very top end of that. Um, and it should work in business and, uh, and relationships and all that kind of stuff. And I think that's the thing. Uh, church has its own culture and sometimes becomes a subculture isolated from large, larger culture. But when we step into the kingdom, what, what God's really doing on the earth, his rule and reign uh, in the earth, what we find is that who we are should work anywhere and on anyone. It should have some real application and relevance to the world around us. Um, at the same time, part of discovering our kingdom calling is realizing who it works best on and best with. And so I know there's some some types of people um, and some maybe subcultures that I'm called to that I really have grace for. The, the word Paul would use, uh, I think, in, somewhere in the Bible, uh, I think it's Second Corinthians, is the word metron, which sounds kind of like a Star Trek kind of word. Uh, but metron means the sphere of your authority or the sphere of your influence and realizing, hey, there's some spheres that I have God-given uh, influence in and that's where I find the most favor, the most grace. And so I think a lot of times you just follow both your passions, uh, not just the like whatever's in your heart, but like the things God's put in your heart that you've walked with him in. Follow your passions and the favor and you discover where your kingdom calling works. So that's a lot about me. Jump yeah. in, Lauren. Yeah, well, and it's been amazing to watch that as you've put that out there. It, and really, I think what it is, is you are coming into alignment with your design and what God yeah. designed you to do on the earth. That there's like this yes from heaven that says, like, yes, you're in alignment with my will. And so here's this open door because yeah. I know that that you're going to be operating and functioning in what I've called you to and and that you're actually stepping into your destiny and part of that is bringing the people to into your life that that need you in order to get into their destiny and so it's been amazing to watch god bring the right connections and the right because it is so frustrating i think to work and i've done this in business and in ministry and areas where you're like in a relationship and it just feels like this grind and it feels unnatural and and I think sometimes we're called to just be in relationships that are hard and require just some refining. But to be in like a situation where it just feels like, oh, this is not a good fit for me. Yeah. Like this relationship, this situation, this business agreement, this whatever project that I've agreed to take on is creating a lot of anxiety and unrest in me. And what I have found for you and watching your life is that as you have walked out your kingdom calling more how those situations are fewer and fewer because i think your life is actually attracting the the people the projects the call all of that stuff that you're actually supposed to be investing your life into yeah Um, and there's there's just grace for it yeah you know and i think sometimes we we've probably talked about this before it's one of my favorite things to talk about 
we often see grace as a free gift for the undeserving, but but when we really understand what biblical grace is, uh, it's not about undeserving because we're God's kids, and so we have access to it. We we have uh, inheritance in Him because we're His His family, His kids. So my kids, uh, I wouldn't say they don't deserve to live in my house, but they haven't earned it, and that's very different. So grace isn't earned, but it but it is deserved by right of relationship mm-hmm. um, so then we receive it with gratitude but it but it's the empowering presence of god to be who god has called you to be and do all that he's called you to to do so it's not me operating in self-reliance but it's me partnering with god uh, for his purposes through my life and it's always going to be satisfying not always easy there's resistance there's a real enemy uh there's people that uh are a mess and healthy and destructive, unhealthy and destructive and all that stuff. So it's not always easy, but God gives me the the power, the the source, the energy, the life, the joy that I need to be myself and accomplish His, his purposes and all of those things. That's yeah. really what grace is. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, so my kingdom calling is a brooding creative and brooding like a mother hen broods over her eggs and um, I think it's in the message. Yeah, in Genesis 1, the, the, the message, word yeah. that God was hovering over the deep of the waters is actually the word brooding. And mm-hmm. so so it's like this incubating presence that causes uh, potential life to come fully alive. And that's you. Right. Yeah. I And I when I hear that, it just makes my imagination just like light up because I think that's what I do. I just brood over ideas and atmospheres and yeah. people and things. And it's like, it's a collision of your mothering heart and your creative heart, like put together. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think my action steps is I move people in places from potential to beautifully alive. And uh, for a long time, that you know places was really hard for me because we when we got married we agreed we're going to do ministry this is what we're called to and and i and why and i I had a framework that would say ministry is the most noble and valuable pursuit and i didn't see all of life as ministry but in particular more spiritual things church things missions things and so that really, uh, I think, derailed Lauren and who God created her to be because I was bringing uh, a bad paradigm uh, to our, our calling and purpose in life. Yeah. And I can remember, you know, early on being a young mother and wrestling with, okay, I, I know I'm called to love God with all my heart, all my life, uh, support my husband and be present with him and his calling and to be present with my kids at home and to serve those relationships. But then I also had this other desire to to do business and to not be exclusively in the ministry world. And I spoke with mentors about it and got all different kinds of responses. Um, most really bad. Most discouraging. Yeah. And, you know, even being told, you know, once you become a mom, you're going to find your real calling and then you're going to settle down and... And while a lot of that has been true, there's still this other side of me that has wanted to do business and interior design and creative things. I love dancing. 
And I love all these other things other than exclusive ministry, leading discipleship groups, pulling off programs at church. Yeah. Well, and I think that's just where the tension comes in for a lot of people is thinking that like when we come to Jesus, you know, I, I love what uh, Romans 6 says, 5, five six seven, but it talks about how we were crucified with Christ. So we die to die with him uh, and yeah, and then we live, then he lives his life through us. But what I've found is that there are some things in us that God put in there uh, from the very beginning that are passions that are beautiful and powerful and no- noble that the world needs that are even unique, uh, that aren't overtly spiritual. And oftentimes we can think, well, I just have to die to every passion mm-hmm. that I have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think. That's where I wrestled for a long time and laid those things down. And, you know, and, and I think there is that there's a season for everything. And so when you're at home with a three week old nursing baby, you're not going to be uh, pursuing your passions, you know, like that becomes your life in that season. And, yeah. and so I think it's being aware of, okay, what are my passions? What am I called to? And, walking with God in that and saying, God, I will lay this down and I will pick it up whenever you call me to do it. And I'm going to trust your timing. And so I think that's been the journey for me of Mm -hmm. discovering, okay, these actually are my passions to move people. Yes. Like ultimately it's people and places Yeah, because God is also about places. He's also, spiritual. he's created them and he's created all the earth to honor and glorify him to not be dark places, to be places that actually are beautiful and life-giving and cause people to thrive. So cities, nations actually are created to cause people to come alive. Yeah, well, it's even the the Genesis 1 mandate for humanity is to basically bring all of creation under the rule and reign of God. Yes. And And so so it's cultivating the culture, bringing the culture, extending the culture of what was in the garden to everything that is disordered. Yeah. Uh, outside of the garden. And so I think in discovering my kingdom calling, all those truths in the Bible, like I read it and I'm like, oh my gosh, like that's me. Like that's, that's, that makes me come alive. That is, that is, yes, like that is my mandate on earth. And so, and, and it's amazing as I have walked out my kingdom calling more and more and let it saturate me more and more. I actually have become more passionate about people, like mm-hmm. even people in my business that that it's not just about me living my passion, getting to do my art, getting paid, getting people's money, but it actually has been like, okay, well, like even in as I am excellent in my trade, I actually exist to support people to see their dreams, their passions come to pass there, you know? Mm-hmm. And so like in interior design, it's shaped my interior design where I now support investors of real estate because those people are investing in their future investing in their families creating a legacy for their own family and for me it becomes such an honor where i'm like i know that i have this amazing talent that i can offer to help these people step into what they're called to and see their dreams realized and so it just becomes this domino effect so we know that if there is a group of people who know their kingdom calling that are set on it and living it, that there's going to be a domino effect in everyone's lives. Yep. And that's how we change the world. Yep. Um, so 
yeah, just some scriptures that we have been chewing on this morning. Actually, I was reading in Ephesians from the Passion Translation, and I came to Joel and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so kingdom calling. And so, yeah, we're just going to unpack a little bit of scripture um, on it. But if you are just wondering like, okay, how do I find this like in scripture? Ephesians 1, 2, and 4 are just such gold. Yeah. Um, don't skip three. Three has a lot. Don't skip three. Um, these are the areas where I like highlighted uh, this this morning. But I think starting in Ephesians 1, verse 3, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm has already been lavished upon us as a love gift from our wonderful heavenly Father, the Father of our Lord Jesus, all because he sees us wrapped into Christ. So that means you lack nothing. And that's right. huge to understand all oh, Lack is not my re- my reality. It may be your experience, but it doesn't mean it's your reality. You've got everything you need for what you're called to. Yeah. Yeah. In verse 8, this super abundant grace. Well, we'll, we'll oh, you want to go back? I want to go back. And so in verse 4, it says, In love he chose us before he laid the foundation of the universe. Because of his mm-hmm. great love, he ordained us so that we would be seen as holy in his eyes with an unstained innocence. Now that's incredible because Mm -hmm. the gospel restores our innocence to us. Doesn't just mean you're not guilty, but it restores innocence. But here's what's crazy. When you look at it, you realize that you were chosen in him before the beginning of time. So you weren't an accident and there's an ordaining to your life, which Mm -hmm. means there's incredible purpose Mm -hmm. for your life. He chose you. He purposed you. Uh, Yeah. And he set you apart. Yep. Yes. So good. And then he loves us so much. Whoa, that's so like, if you look at uh, six and yeah, five and six, incredible. Yes, adopted us. And his and this unfolding plan plan brings him great pleasure. So it's like in your life unfolding as you discover all that he is mm-hmm. in you and all that he's made you to be. He actually gets pleasure in that. Yep. Yes. Yeah, in verse 8, this superabundant grace is already powerfully working in us, releasing within us all forms of wisdom and practical understanding. And I think it's this like supernatural, but then it's also practical. It's, it's very, as we walk out our kingdom calling, he gives us very practical steps on how to live the life that he's designed for us to live. Yeah. That it's not, it's not a mystery that actually he really gives us everything we need to live out what we're called yeah. to live. So here's here's the key, I think, to the superabundant grace is already powerful, powerfully working in us. It, it's a seed that's growing, and you do have a, it's grace, so it's God's work. But you have a responsibility to water it, to tend it, all of that stuff. And what you'll find is you pay attention to what God's put in you, that you can cultivate it in ways that come fully alive. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I have. 11 underlined before we were even born he gave us our destiny Mm, so good and then on to 13 now we have been stamped with the seal of the promised holy spirit he has given to us like an engagement ring is given to a bride as the first installment of what's coming when i read that this morning i got so excited yeah because i was like living with the holy spirit so amazing right now like all that we have access to but even a stamp of what's coming that yeah. my life is actually a preview of what's coming and like yeah it changes probably your perspective of eternal life and all that that means but it also even gives hope for what's coming in this life where it's like whoa god's got like there's more coming really good stuff yep. yes um yeah and then verse 18 
you know, Paul saying, I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination, flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling. That is the wealth of God's glorious inheritances that he finds in us, his holy ones. I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith. Then your lives will be an advertisement of this immense power as it works through you. <laughs> wow. Incredible. Amazing. It's amazing that, that, that this actually is the promise of what our lives are unfolding, that we actually become this advertisement. Yeah. Yeah. And over and over again, uh, Paul uses the word vocation uh, or calling, which is from the Latin word vox is voice, but it's, it's vocation. It's, it's how we get our, like what we do with our lives. And, and I think in this season, I just long to see a redemption, a redemption of people's vocation to God, that it's mm-hmm. not separate, but both in what you are, you are already doing there's life, purpose, calling, destiny from God, and the inheritance, the resources to live it out. But also uh, that if you're not in the right spot, God would love to, to reposition you so that you can live out your call mm-hmm. more fully. Yeah. And that's one of the things that, I, that I'm working on for some, some like opportunities uh, to help people discover their calling and even to work with people. And whether it's entrepreneurial efforts or... Um, even just getting in the, the right kind of job or the right kind of experience or something in that that makes me come alive. I find myself just doing it all the time. I've, I've done it, I think, this week uh, with three or four different people. Just been talking about uh, starting businesses and pursuits, and it just, I love seeing people walk in and what God's called them to. Yeah, because it's so heartbreaking to watch someone spend decade after decade in some role that makes them miserable. And I really think... I think sometimes the message can be, well, this is the good, responsible thing to do. And while there is a need to stay the course, provide for your family, you know, do hard things things when you don't want to. There's also this other side that I think grieves God to see his people not fully alive in their roles in life. And so, so yeah, just a plug for Joel. Mm -hmm. You're amazing at helping people discover that and get that. And so if you want to work with Joel to discover that he's, Cooking some stuff up, follow me on Instagram, and we'll have more stuff coming out on that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I know we're getting long in our time here, but did you want to just talk from Ephesians 4? Yes. That's really kind of the great landing point. Well, if if you go to 2, Mm -hmm. let's go to Ephesians 2 real quick, and it talks about um, us being called in Him, um, us uh, being seated with Jesus in heavenly realms, which means this that you don't simply go to heaven when you die but you've already been positioned there in Jesus um, and most of us just aren't aware of it so it means that there's just so much more for you in the spiritual realm that God wants to unveil um, that you could live out and that's that tends to be the place that we receive the most grace in our union with him and what he wants to do um, that's like for a whole another conversation um, or you can find I talk a little bit about that on a free course I did um, with Sozo, it's called I think Sozo Equip or Sozo Masterclass. Um, what was that class called? Cultivating Life in the Spirit. <laughs> so you can find it on YouTube, but it, you can get the workbook on Sozo's website. 
uh, somewhere. But anyways, sozosmtx.com. Yeah. So anyways, and, and verse 10 is just this beautiful one. It says, we have become his poetry. Some translations are, are workmanship, a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us. For we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one before, even before we were born, God planned and advanced our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. So, I mean, that's phenomenal. God's got uh, stuff for you, um, and it's for your best. It's not just for his good and glory, but it's actually for your best and his glory mm-hmm. through your life um, that you would fulfill your destiny. That sounds phenomenal. That's a good God. That's, yeah. that's somebody I could trust with my life. And I think when I was stuck in religion and not understanding my calling, you know, I would read that, you know, the good works that we're called to do. And I often thought about like missionary works or serving the homeless or, you know, like we think about like church good works, which are all very good things, but I think we can get limited in our imagination of what good works are and the good works that God's called us to and I would say it, a good work is anything that unveils the love and character of who God is through your life. Yeah. So it's good That's business good. practices. It's healthy relationships. It's caring for people that are hurting and in need. It's remembering names and birthdays and those kind of things. Yeah. It's, yeah, excellent craftsmanship. All of that fits It's being intentional works. in relationships. It's being curious in relationships and asking good questions so that people know, feel known and seen yep. by you. It's yep. all of that Sacrificial stuff. Sacrificial leadership, all that stuff. So so then skip over, right? So Ephesians 2.10, skip over now with me to uh, Ephesians 4.1. And it says, as a prisoner of the Lord, I plead with you to walk, a ho- walk holy in a way that is suitable to the high rank given to you and your divine calling. Uh, the NIV would say it. Something like this, as a prisoner of the Lord, I then urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. Now, this is key, right? The first calling that is a universal calling for all of us is being called to God, being called sons and daughters and walking in relationship with him. But realizing that the calling is then to our inheritance to unveil who he is to the world around us. And so that's where your our general calling meets your uh, specific custom-made grace calling that unveils who God is. And so we then have a responsibility. What Paul's saying is, hey, the calling's there. You have a responsibility. You have the ability to respond. You need to take ownership of the calling you've received. And see, most people don't know their calling, so there's no way they can fulfill what Paul's uh, requiring here to live a, call, a life worthy of the calling you've received. You can't live a life worthy of the calling you've received if you don't know your calling. And then I, I love, as you skip down to verse 7, it says, And he generously gave each one of us supernatural grace according to the size of the gift of Christ. So uh, another way to say it is it's in the NIV, it says, To each and every one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. That word apportioned means custom-made grace. The word to each one is to each and every one of us. So here's the concept. There is a custom-made grace for your life. Uh, that that like uh, the empowering presence of God for you to live out your calling um, so you don't lack anything. In fact, I think sometimes when we experience lack, it's actually that we've crossed over into a boundary operating where we're not supposed to be. And if we would walk with God instead of trying to just fix our problems, we would walk with God 
we'd find the practical wisdom that Lauren was talking about in Ephesians 1 so that we could live out God's calling on our lives. And so often I think uh, God's had, had me in a season recently where he said, hey, you're uh, being squeezed. And what I heard was birth canal and cattle shoot. And it's like it's, it's this narrowing down to cut off bad options so that I can live out uh, into the green pastures that he has for me that that's his very best. And so just to realize even the hard things, there's grace in it. Uh, and God uses those sometimes to put us in the places. Doesn't mean he causes it, but he uses it to put us in the places that we need to be to to experience the green pastures that he has for us. Yeah, it's so good. So, so I good. Get, if you can't tell, I get really excited about this <laughs> stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's, and it's amazing to be a part of. It's so like, I feel so honored that God would invite us into discovering this for ourselves and helping other people discover it. Um, so on our next episode, we're going to unpack. So we're like talking about kingdom calling and how we discovered it. And so in our next episode, if you come back, we are going to share how to discover your kingdom calling. And so as we leave, uh, this episode, maybe over the next week, just be writing down maybe things that, you know, God has spoken over your life. Like, maybe some prophetic words that you've had, or just to pay attention um, as he speaks to you this week about maybe whispers of, this is actually what I've called you to. This is what I've created in you. Or maybe listen to what other people say that say, wow, that's like a real amazing strength in you. Pay attention to things that you're passionate about. Um, And then in our next episode, we'll unpack that a little bit more with you. And also, if you are liking our episodes, we want to ask you to like it, share it, subscribe um, so that you don't miss an episode um, and also to leave a review. Uh, so if you'll go on down and leave a review on just how this these episodes have impacted you, um, who you've shared them with, just yeah. maybe some insight that you've gotten, um, we would love to hear a review from you. Thank you. Yeah, take care. <laughs>